the harp and join the chorus, Muppet fans, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Christmas something or other podcast. This is the podcast where we watch a Muppet family Christmas two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your persistent friend of the family, Danny Horn. Welcome back. <laughs> and uh, today we are watching minutes 19 and 20 of A Muppet Family Christmas, in which the Sesame Street gang settles in and the turkey negotiates his way out of being cooked. Also known as Muppets Haunted Mansion Hollow. That's <laughs> my idea for a new, for a new yeah. special. Yeah. Tell me more okay, about never mind. I thought that. Would, I thought that would be funny, but it really obviously was not. No, but I thought it would be like cool. Like, Wouldn't that be a great... like? to turn that also into a Christmas special. So you have like Muppets, like they do with Haunted Mansion Holiday, it would just be like the Muppets, but with Jack Skellington and Sally and Oogie Boogie. Oh yeah, that definitely, they, yeah. There you go. You know, any time we could get Catherine O'Hara working with the Muppets, fine, great, I'll yeah. take it. Sure. Um, so as this clip begins, the Sesame Street Muppets finish their song, which means they sing, La... That's, that's it. That's Impeccable. the end of the song. And then they're all very happy to have sung the song like Muppets do. They, like, they, they're celebrating the good job they all did. Uh, we hear Big Bird say, I love carols. And hey, guys, his performer's name is Carol. Yeah. Right. He's really into himself. Yeah. Which was like one of the first in-jokes I ever noticed, I think. Yeah. You was, think it's was deliberate? Was that line in this special? I think it, I feel like it must be. Yeah. I mean, it's like his own first name. Yeah, if you if you sang a thing and then said I love Ryan's, like it would, it would <laughs> but there's no such thing as Christmas Ryan's, unfortunately. That's, no, that's not yet. yet. <laughs> but no, because like in we had Sesame Street books, storybooks, and they all say in them on Sesame Street, Big Bird and Oscar are portrayed by Carol Spinney. They yeah. all the picture books say that in them. Yeah. So I always knew that. And then when he says I love Carols, I was like, bro, that's his name, yeah. Carol. Like as a little kid, you know. Well, you How old were you? Excited. How old were you when you saw this? Uh when I first saw this, 18. I was pro- <laughs> no, no, I bet I was nine or something. It was uh, it was on Nickelodeon. It was like oh, okay. mid nineties Nickelodeon airings. So you were not alive in nineteen eighty I certainly was. I was born in nineteen eighty four. Okay. But I like like I turned yeah, three not, just yeah, after yeah. Christmas that year. Yeah. Yeah. So oh yeah, just any final thoughts about Deck the Halls? I think we kinda covered it yesterday. Yeah. Right. Kermit then says, it's nice to have everyone here. You can feel the peace of the holiday season. This is where it seems to me like he knew they were coming. I think mm-hmm. Kermit called and invited all these Sesame Street guys. Yeah, I think probably right. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe. Um, but how, how great is but, it that he says you can really feel the peace of the holiday season and then gets trampled to death by monsters? Right. No sooner does he say that than a, a mob of monsters pushes their way into the house. It's not easy to track how many of them slip on the icy patch. I You can hear the sound really, effect yeah. twice. I didn't... So we're, calling it, so we're calling it two more, so that's 12? I think, yeah, that means 12 victims of the icy patch so far. <laughs> Then Ma tells Doc that either he and Sprocket are going to have to give up their hammock in the attic or he's going to have to build bunk beds. Uh, I, I feel like Doc should get some kind of priority here just because he's presumably paying for this place <laughs> and all these other Muppets are just freeloaders who showed up. That is true. But he seems actually kind of excited about the bunk beds. Yeah, he's, he well, seems cool with it now. Well, but, but that's, I mean, that's tinkering. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's excited. Ma Bear's just telling him to do what he does at home. Yeah, maybe right? he's, he's like, like, ooh, I never build built some bunk nonsense beds before. Yeah. yeah. He's going to build There's... some like like useless feature into the bunk bed just because <laughs> just he can. Right. They're next to each other. Something I noticed something um, that is just like this incredible level of skill 
that these people brought to the the project there's like so that that happens like the mabear and and doc dialogue goes on while there's like a stream of muppets coming in like sesame street muppets coming in from the door and right. walking past right. um and it is timed like unbelievably crisply so that at the exact moment that ma says bunk beds the honker walks by and goes burr, burr, for bunk beds <laughs> <laughs> Either that or build bunk beds in the broom closet. It's just like perfect. They must have like really planned out that timing so that like exactly at that moment it goes bonk, bonk, and then they keep going. Yeah. And it's amazing. Timing, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 It's just like this attention to detail that, that mm-hmm. this crew had. Yeah, I think I mentioned in a previous episode that I had this idea that I someday I'm going to get around to doing it for a, an article on the Tough Pigs website called Muppet Micro Moments of just like my favorite little tiny details like that. And that would definitely, yeah. that that's a good one for that list. The yeah. Hong Kong bunk beds. And then, and then Ernie and Bert kind of like at the end of that line, again, like perfectly timed, like their ma has just left. They've just delivered the line. Doc turns around and oh, hey. Again, yeah, Ernie just the pacing Bert, of right the special is like, okay, now it's time for Ernie and Bert. Yeah. They introduce themselves to Doc. He introduces himself back. Bert says, did you know that Doc starts with the letter D? Doc says, why? Yes. Ernie says, yes. Yes starts with the letter Y. Doc says, true. Ernie says, and true starts with the letter T. Doc says, hey, what is this? And Bert says, where we come from, this is small talk. Which is, in, in a special that is all best moments, Yeah, that's my absolute favorite moment. That's, yeah, I wrote down, like, is this actually the best joke in a special full of best jokes? <laughs> well, actually, like, right. it's a, it's the, the little capper at the end um, is, like, the real thing where, where Doc says, I'm going to go build some bunk beds. And he goes off and they go, bunk beds, B words. Ah. And, then, yeah. and then they um, both laugh, and they're so excited. Yeah, like that. I think that yeah. the, that yes, it's the probably the best moment. It's the perfect sort of button yeah. on what what has already happened, which was already perfect. Yeah, I think I I think I quoted that. I think I quoted that in Muppet Zine number one. I just uh, like had a little extra space, and I wanted to put something. And I think what I did was I I just took that little bit of dialogue. Cool. People want to go uh, look for that. I think every issue of Muppet Zine is uh, archived on toughpicks.com. That's right. So go check that out. That's a, a plug well, for my for my 25 years new, ago. My 25-year-old project, project. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, I was going to say also, this some of the Sesame stuff in this, and especially the small talk thing, mm. feels like Jerry Jewell remembering how bored he was working at Sesame Street before <laughs> the Muppet Show started. Yeah. You know, because, like, he has talked in interviews about how, like, he never felt his sensibility was quite right for Sesame uh-huh. Street. And so know? now he's doing stuff that is, like, gently mocking them. He had to fit exactly. the curriculum yeah. into everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of this in a nutshell. So, yeah. When Bert laughs, it sounds for a split second at the beginning like he's doing Fozzie's laugh. Like, he's he starts going, ah, before then he sort of transitions into the, ah. <laughs> I almost wonder, and of course they could have done, you know, multiple takes of everything because this is what you do on a TV production, but I almost wonder if Frank Oz sort of forgot or like started to do Fozzie's laugh before catching himself because presumably he's been performing Fozzie on the same set of the same production on the same day. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I always wonder about that. Um, I'm not going to ask him about it on Twitter though. 
<laughs> not at all. But yeah, this is this is time where I guess honestly, it's really it's the Frank Oz characters that you really notice. Like Cookie Monster and Animal are in the same scene, basically like very mm-hmm. close to each other. And also during the pageant, Bert has a line, and then Sam has a line, and all, and yes. that's also like those characters' voices are very close. And so like I I just noticed, you know, there's a couple of like double Frank Oz. Yeah. Several, several right, like yeah, double yeah. Frank Oz voices. And right. most of the performers have sort of yeah. like sets of, kind of like styles yeah. of voices that are very yeah. similar right. to each other. Kermit and Ernie, too, yeah. are a big one yeah. for me. Exactly. Honest, you know? Right. If only Nigel was there, then they could all have a conversation <laughs> and sound very similar to each other. If only Nigel was there. <laughs> he might be in the Who crowd scene at, in the, at the end. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, so then we are in the kitchen where the turkey is trying to talk his way out of getting cooked by the Swedish chef. I love it when the chef smacks the turkey in the face with celery. Okay, so that's, go- that's got to be Frank, right? It's got to be. Doing the hands, the hands, the hands the of hands the chef the in the scene. Chef, There's right. no reason why it wouldn't be at this point, yeah. Right, yeah. Because it's, it's just... just the chef and the turkey in the scene. And basically what's happening right now is that the chef is waterboarding the turkey. <laughs> he's like he's like he's like celery boarding him like he's like smacking him in the face with celery until you confess yeah well I actually, right because he's like he's trying to turkey. tell him he's not a bird and then he's like okay okay yeah. but i'm a seagull so and then yeah finally yeah, he breaks him, keeps uh, on yeah smacking him in the face under the under the the pressure he finally cracks and admits <laughs> that he's a turkey and then the chef responds e tushkishnu Again, understandable. Right. I think we all would respond yeah. in a similar way in a similar situation. I mean, at Christmas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then he starts measuring the turkey with this yardstick that he got dark. somewhere to dark, see if the dark, turkey dark. will fit in the pan. And then the turkey says... Now this is the traditional, like, measuring the nice fat bird. Like, this is... you got We got to yeah. start talking about, like, the death of sentient beings here. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, like, that... The but, murder. like, my question is... Is that a tradition? Is that a thing? Measuring a turkey? like By the time yeah, you're just... preparing to cook your turkey, you should already know whether or not <laughs> right. it's going to fit in your roasting pan. Exactly. Like, it's nonsense. Yeah. Not, if, not, if, not if it's a guest in your house at the moment. <laughs> That's true. Right. Yeah, he still has all his you're feathers talking and stuff. To. Like, yeah, yeah, the chef didn't um, plan this out very well. Like, he... Really not. Because that from what the job. turkey said, it kind of sounded like they just ran into each other somewhere along the way, and the chef invited the turkey to the farmhouse. But what if the chef hadn't met this turkey? Where, what was his plan? He was uh, going to keep going. He was going to keep going down stuff. a dark alleys until he finds a turkey. Yeah. <laughs> he was just going to cook one of the other Muppets, I guess. I mean, it's serial killer behavior, is what it is. But But not atypical for the Swedish chef. No. The thing I think is interesting about this is, like, it's super dark, but they make sure that we don't really like this turkey. Right. Yeah, the turkey's not sympathetic. He's very annoying. He has, like, a scratchy voice. He's really big, and it looks like he, like, can kind of, like, take care of himself. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, if, you know, if you were, like, smacking around just as a brand, like, Robin, um, like, smacking him around with celery, and, like, you would feel bad for him, because, like, he's, he's right. getting beat up. But, he's like, a the tough turkey. guy. And when he first shows up, Gonzo tries to warn him, and he just totally ignores it. Yeah. And, like, pushes him jerk. aside, so, yeah. And then the other thing that I think they do is they give him sunglasses, hmm. which obscure his eyes, and it makes us, like, the eyes, especially with Muppets, are, like, that's the thing that, that we connect to and love, is their eye hmm. focus. Yeah. And for yeah. this character, that he's got sunglasses on so that we don't connect to him. That's interesting. We're okay with 
the fact that he's about to be murdered. Right. I mean, and that's presumably why Clifford, who debuted on the Jim Henson Hour with sunglasses, mm-hmm. when he became the host of Muppets Tonight, they took off the yep. sunglasses and gave him eyeballs. Right. Which presumably, yep. so we would, you know, be able to feel like we were looking at his soul or whatever. And love him. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They also strangely changed his changed his core characterization from laid back and cool to a nervous wreck all the time about everything (laughs) all the time yeah yeah that didn't really make much sense it's so strange yeah that that wasn't just a new character right yeah Hmm. that would have been interesting we didn't really talk about this with the snowman earlier but another muppet eyeball topic is muppets with those little just like black beady eyes which I, i i've heard a lot of fans say that they find it hard to identify with characters like that like i think the characters on animal jam all have those little yeah that, that's the, sh- the short-lived henson series from the early 2000s i think they all have those just little like black dot eyes yeah ryan your favorite guy bozark the elephant didn't have that kind of eyes no he didn't which is why he's the best character <laughs> the best on thing. animal jam by a million <laughs> but <laughs> but anthony, the snowman anthony just... Anthony just happened to end up in a podcast with like the two people in America who have really strong opinions about Bozark the elephant <laughs> and his <That's> eyes. <laughs> yeah, the Ryan and I are just like totally instantly on the same page of like, yeah, that's because Bozark was amazing. Bozark was the the, the best thing about he that show. He was great. He was yeah. the only good thing on that show. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, because you wrote about Bozark on the website years ago, right, Daniel? Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm on record. I'm for a long time. Yeah. I've been on record saying Bozark. <laughs> The only worthwhile thing on the terrible, terrible end. (laughs) Yeah, people who don't know what we're talking about can probably find Animal Jam clips on YouTube, or they can read uh, Danny's My Week with Animal Jam article on the website. You know, know, uh, the storytelling with uh, Tommy DePaola didn't have any redeeming characters. They have the same kind of eyes too, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. But I was going to say the snowman in this has just round black dot eyes, but somehow yeah. we love the snowman, but maybe that's because he's a snowman and snowmen always have just like, like coal. Little for coal eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah, literally pieces of coal. I guess that's why. If they yeah. ever made a Funko Pop figure of that snowman, it would be really easy because he would already <laughs> Oh have. man. It wouldn't look much would different. Would buy. Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks like just the same. Right, yeah. Would you buy a Funko Pop of the turkey though? No. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even buy a Funko Pop of all the Muppets. Yeah, I have... I had I had favorites and then I had unfavorites. No, I have Piggy and I'm that might be it. And then I have I have Wembley from the Fraggle Funko Pops and Sprocket. I think I think I only have Kermit. Well I have Jim Henson. Like I have the Jim Henson Funko Pop holding Ernie. I got the target. Oh yeah, I have that instead of Kermit. Yeah. And the super grover. Oh cool. I don't have just a grover. This is great. We should absolutely be spending people's time (laughs) discussing specifically (laughs) I also Which have Funko a Funko Pop, Pop of the Thing from Fantastic Four and one yeah, of like a Dalek. Uh, Ms. Marvel. This is a good. Yeah. This is a good use of everything. Let's just list all I, our Funko Pops. <laughs> all the ones that we have. I have. Oh, really, well, I have Harry Monster. I have uh, Charlie Brown. I have Egon. <laughs> I have Howard the Duck. Well, see, that's my thing, and we can move on momentarily. But I <laughs> thought it would be cool, and, and friends at home. My wife Stacy and I, and previous guest of this podcast, thought it would be cool. <laughs> To have like a variety of Funko Pops, not just every Funko Pop from the same set, but like one yeah. Marvel character and one Muppet character and one Sesame Street character and one Stranger Things character. So 
Yeah, and then just put them all on a shelf, and they can stare at you with their their black dot eyes. I need Zola's eyes. Yeah, I have uh, Agent Agent Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks as well. If anyone, oh nice. cool, yeah. I have Kyle MacLachlan on the Flintstones movie. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> that would rule. I really right. was trying to think in my head: Did they make Flintstones movie Funko Pops? But... <laughs> I don't know, man. They got some weird specific they, ones. They really do. They have. Yeah. I was in this store the other day, and they have Andy Dwyer from Parks and Rec with like sparkle makeup on from when Ron's stepdaughters played with him. Okay. Wow. That means that so many people bought the regular Andy Dwyer, Andy Dwyer. Yeah. Funko Pop yeah. that they knew they could sell another one. Right. Yeah. Well, there was not a Funko Pop made of the turkey from this special, but the turkey is in this special. <laughs> You're going to try. And the next thing that happens is that uh, he he tries, he has one more uh, sort of play up his sleeve here with the chef. He says, if you think I'm a nice fat bird, look at this! <laughs> and he's, he whips the door of the kitchen open. And, and lightning flashes. Yeah, so there's Big <laughs> Bird standing in the living room. And there's, yeah, lightning flashes and thunder cracks. Is this the, the, like the, the famous Castle Thunder sound effect that you hear in all the old horror movies? Probably. It's, it's something very similar, if it's not. Yeah. But it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And, and the chef is just like, he's, he's astonished. Um, <laughs> he says, Nushka gobla gobla humonga. That's well he might. Something about, yeah, because obviously yeah, that is a very big He also says, ooh, York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. I, I neglected to write that down. Another little like perfect detail that I love is um, he throws, he has like the baking pan in his, in his hand. Right, he's holding he throws it. throws it over his shoulder yeah. and it lands perfectly in like the, the drying rack. rack, the dish yeah. rack, and breaks dishes. Yeah. Oh, um, does it break the dishes? It's, I mean, at least it makes the sound effect it, like, of breaking. It crashes, yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. which is well, and, amazing. Like they must have, that must have, I can totally see them doing that several times in order to get that like exact perfect arc right yeah. into the dish rack. And the turkey dodges his head out of the way. Yeah. Right, yeah. the turkey. Which, like, yeah. which helps even more that it makes it seem like it's just crazy yeah. flying. You know? <laughs> Yeah, that it's that's hilarious. So yeah, the chef is now devising a plan to cook and serve yes. a six-year-old child who is the yeah beloved uh, television friend of millions of children. Yes, America's sweetheart. Right. So that's happening. Then Oscar tells everyone to quiet down because there's a bulletin on TV. Which since when does Oscar care about the news? I don't know, but I guess he just likes <laughs> yelling at people either way. Yeah. And uh, we, we get a brief glimpse before this clip ends of the Muppet Newsman who starts to say, and now for this new... And we don't hear the rest of it because that's where the clip actually ends. He says it. He says it. And now for this new... Now for this new... Yeah. So that brings us to the end of these two minutes. Any final thoughts on this clip, starting with Danny? Uh, yes. I didn't mention before that I also have the Sam Eagle Funko Pop. Thank you. <laughs> I just needed to get, I needed to get that out of my system very good yes yeah, of course now you, know, now you know my entire my entire uh set oh, okay i hope everyone was taking notes uh anthony any other thoughts or funko pops yeah i have linus and lucy and snoopy 
Great. And who was the last one? We are. We are. Snoopy. By the way, you know what we're doing right now is we're um, we're helping everybody with their Christmas list. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, they, now they know exactly what they can buy. The three of us. You said Sweepy Anthony from Popeye. I said Snoopy, Linus and Lucy and Snoopy. Snoopy. Brown, that, they all go Linus, together. That, that makes more sense. Set. Yeah. I see. Okay. Snoopy would be tight though. I have Scooby Dumb. It would be. I don't have Scooby Doo or any Scooby of his Dump? friends, but I have Scooby Dumb. Yes. That's good. That's a good one. Speaking of things that are dumb, um, we'll be back tomorrow <laughs> with another episode of this podcast. Uh, all three of us will be here, so join us once again as we continue to deck the halls on Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Happy holidays. Oh, and I have Menomina. <laughs> oh, I do too. <laughs> <laughs>